Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for, for music, music teachers. teachers. You're listening to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and today we're talking about iPad apps and YouTube tutorial videos. Are they our friend or our foes? beautiful teachers welcome back to the podcast so glad you could join me again this week's episode is inspired by an article by the wonderful joanna shiel who's an editor on our team and a guest writer for the blog so her original article is called will ipad apps make piano teaching obsolete so let's unpack this i know this is something many teachers are afraid of or worried about and while i empathize and i do get it I've never been worried about this. So let me unpack why I'm not worried and why maybe you are. Let's try and decide once and for all whether iPad apps are coming to take our jobs, shall we? I want to start with what iPad apps can actually do. Let's consider what they're good at first. iPad apps can drill note names and other theory concepts possibly better than we can or at least faster than we can in many cases. They can teach songs by rote, the the videos, the YouTube tutorials and some iPad apps do this as well. Although unlike the drilling of theory concepts, I would say they don't do this as well as we do because it doesn't have spaced repetition. They can reinforce reading skills and to some extent maybe teach them, but I think that's questionable. What I think they are very good at is making music feel accessible to populations that maybe don't feel like it's for them normally. And that they could gamify practice time, although I haven't seen an iPad app or any kind of app that really does this very well. (laughs) I feel like they should have by now, but if you think of like I don't know, a fitness or even a diet app where they have reminders or even Duolingo. Do you know Duolingo? They have their whole gamification system and like they give you a sad face when you haven't logged in in a while or something like that. I haven't really seen that. I'm not sure I'm in favor of it, but I'm just saying it's something they could do well, but I don't think anyone has quite yet nailed that aspect. So let's think about that list. Drilling theory concepts and note names and things like that teaching by rote, by demonstration, reinforcing reading skills, making music feel accessible, and gamifying practice time or sort of giving reminders for practice, that kind of thing. So is that really all you think you do as a teacher? Come on, really? 
We do so much more than that, that it is of so much value. First of all, technique is the one that always comes up for me. When I consider whether iPad apps or YouTube videos or anything else can do the job that we do, I think if you are teaching good technique skills, you absolutely cannot be replaced by an app until there is one that really looks at students and somehow analyzes all the different nuances within how they're holding tension in their bodies and the different ways they're playing the piano. I just don't think an iPad app can do that yet. And when it can, I'm sure it'll just be an enhancer to our teaching anyway. But as it stands, only you can do that. You need to be in person. They need to see you do the motions. You need to see them do the motions and correct them. And you also give them the roadmap to good technique that no app is doing right now. You can also explain concepts in multiple ways to find the right one for a student. Most apps will only offer one way of viewing music. And while that could be the right fit for whatever student is using that app, chances are it's not. And chances are it's not every single time for every concept that they encounter. Whereas you, wonderful teacher, are going to pull from all these different ways of teaching the same thing until it works for the student. You're going to do games together. You're going to use different analogies and straight explanations and theory worksheets and whatever else comes to mind for whatever specific skill or concept you're teaching. You're also going to develop a personal relationship with your student. This might have been the first one that occurred to you. I mean, we're not friends with our iPads, as much as it may feel like that sometimes. They are not our friends. Students feel different about learning from a real teacher, right? You develop an actual relationship with them, one that many school teachers couldn't dream of because they have a classroom full of students and they teach them for a year and then they're gone. You get to see this student week in, week out for years during term time, and you get to have a really special relationship with them. The other thing that I don't think any video or app is doing yet, and I don't know that they can do it, is to give students the repertoire that they don't know they need. So yes, they can go on YouTube and they can search for a specific song that they already want to learn. And that's great and that's wonderful and I think we should embrace it. But what YouTube isn't doing is giving them stuff that will expand their musical horizons that will stretch them in new ways and that they will love, but they won't know to look for. That's a huge part of what you do, especially as students progress through the levels, right? This makes me think of the way everything, not to go off totally on a tangent, I'll keep this brief, but you know in social media how it's all got so siloed because you just follow the the news sites or the people or the accounts that you want to, and so you see what you want to see and you see you don't see what you don't know you want. Does that make sense? Well, students who learn entirely from YouTube are kind of like that. They're curating their wish list of songs, but it's never going to expand. It's never going to go in new directions until they have that inkling that they need to go somewhere different. And when they do, it's really hard to find a new direction with music. The other thing you can do that they can't do it on an app, honestly, is move things around, draw, write and play together. Yes, you can write on an iPad screen. Yes, you can draw on worksheets. You can move digital objects around in different apps and you can play games. But none of those compare to 
real life drawing, writing and playing. I truly believe that. It is not the same thing. It's also can be a great thing, but it's a different thing. And studies have shown even like in lectures, when students take notes, typing versus writing, most students retain more when they write by hand because you're you're physically moving an object to create the words. It goes into your brain in a different way. And so drawing notes physically is different to putting them in music notation software or even drawing them on an iPad screen. The other thing you can do is move together to the music. And I hope you are doing this. If not, we have many resources to help you to get movement into your lessons. But moving together to the music is again different to the student just doing it at home. They're going to notice the way you move, you're going to interpret the music more than they are, and therefore you're going to move to it and they will mimic that. Which leads me to my last point for now, although I think I could go on forever with these differences, (laughs) which is that you lead by example. All through all of your lessons, you are modeling things. And that's something to take on as a responsibility yourself. It's something to be aware of. You are the example for your student. You are modeling. So whenever you play for them, whenever you move at the piano, at your instrument, to music, whenever you react a certain way to losing in a game, whatever it is, your student is learning by that example. So if you really just flip through method books page by page, tell the student to read it, and then maybe correct the notes, and then move on, Yeah, maybe you're in trouble, but I think you're in trouble for a bigger reason. And we have help there for you if you need it. So if that is you, I get it. I used to be you. I'm not saying that you're stupid or incompetent or something like that. I'm just saying you need to branch out beyond that. But it's not just because iPad apps can do that job now. It's because that's not enough as a teacher. It's not inspiring enough. It's not motivating enough. It's not enriching enough for your student. You can do better and you're going to enjoy your job much more if you do better, if you do more. So I truly believe that creative teachers will win this war, although it's not a war of us versus technology. If it was, I think creative teachers will win, but it's not. It's about embracing the technology. In the article Joanna wrote, she goes into the story of Netflix versus Blockbuster, which is actually my suggestion to her as she wrote this, because it just immediately came to mind when she brought up this topic. She, of course, wrote the article. I just made the suggestion of looking into that story, because if you didn't know this, Netflix used to be a company. They weren't even an online company at the time, but they would send the DVDs to your home, basically. And then they were branching out into online. They had a deal on the table with Blockbusters to sell them Netflix and make it part of Blockbuster and it would become like online Blockbuster or something and it would be the online arm and that's where the streaming would happen. And Blockbuster just thought, gosh, no way, you're not worth that. That's just a little side niche. It's nothing to do with us. And the issue here is that Blockbuster didn't see the bigger picture. They were not in the game of renting DVDs, but they thought they were. That wasn't the game they should have been playing. The game they should have been playing was entertaining people with film and if they knew they were in that game then they would have taken on Netflix they would have understood the value of streaming and how it was going to be the future because it's an easier way for people to be entertained by film right 
So what I'm saying to you is don't be blockbuster. Don't try and block this out. Don't try and pretend it doesn't exist. Embrace it. Make it part of your lessons, but know that you offer so much more than it can by itself. I have had multiple YouTube transfers and simply piano transfers and other app transfers, meaning students who came to me after working with YouTube, mostly teens and adults I'm talking about here, or with a certain app, realizing that they'd hit a wall, that they couldn't go further by themselves. I have had loads of students come through Colorful Keys in that specific situation. You know what I have never had? I've never had a student leave and then continue learning on YouTube or on an app. Maybe there's one I'm not aware of, but I really don't think so. Yes, we need to educate students and parents about these differences, about what we offer. And if we emphasize the creative side of our studio and the games and all the interactivity and the relationships, then we are emphasizing that difference and they will get the picture. And I think the more teachers go out there and write articles and do podcasts like the wonderful Shelley at the Piano Parent Podcast to educate parents on these differences, the better. Because we need to explain, or even underneath, we need to explain our value, right? Without making it a dichotomy, without making it us versus them, because that's not what it is. It's about the value we can add and how it is so much beyond what an app can add, yes. But it's not about pitting us against each other. It's about us embracing the technology and knowing the value of what we offer. So if your student learns a song on YouTube, great, encourage that. Help them take it further or just, you know, give them a high five if it already sounds pretty good and use that to inform, yes, the the music that they're interested in. But as long as your lessons are engaging to them, that's not going to make them quit because they think they can learn everything they want on YouTube. Your one thing this week is to try learning a song off a kind of flow key style video on YouTube. So flow key is an app, but I want you to do it on YouTube. Just look for any song, any popular song. For example, just look up Ed Sheeran piano tutorial. You will come across a video that has the colored bars going down the screen. I know, maybe you hate them, but don't put your blinders on yet. Attempt to actually learn the song using that method. And while you're doing it, keep an open mind. What is appealing about this? Why do students learn this way? And yes, notice what it's lacking as well, so that you're better informed about this. I hope this episode gave you a new understanding, a new appreciation for the differences between us versus the technology and how we can embrace it in our studio without being worried it's coming for our jobs. Let me know your thoughts on this fascinating topic. I'd love to hear from you either on Instagram at Colorful Keys or on our blog, colorfulkeys.com is our blog and you can find this article and comment there. I look forward to hearing from you and I'll see you back here for the next episode. Vibrant Music Teaching members get five new games or resources at least every single month that keep them inspired and wanting to become a better teacher each and every day. If you want to join the best community of teachers online, you can go to vmt.ninja and sign up today.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.